0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of High on Infinity, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I am your host Jacob Knight and we've got a great episode on the you today folks. On today's episode we're going to talk more about the PlayStation 5, just, just digesting a few of the details after a week of its release. Then we're going to look into some of the games I'm personally looking forward to on the PlayStation 5. And then finally, should the NBA come back and play, we got a few players who are against that stance. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time of week again, everybody. Episode 56, High on Affinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I am your host, Jacob Knight. Any your first time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. Okay, I'm just going to dive straight into this first uh, thing right quick. I promise I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to stay on this subject for too long, but the moral of what I'm about to say right quick is just, please just check your sources, whether you're sharing something on Facebook, Twitter, just doing any research of any sort, please check your sources, make sure they're reliable before you, you know, share it because you know, if you share some, you, you share some misinformation and Then someone else reads it. They share it. Someone else reads it. And you know, it's just the ongoing, um, uh I can't think of the word. It's just an ongoing effect, basically. Cause um over I think it was last Thursday or Friday, yeah, last week, um it, there was it was making the rounds on social media that Beyonce was cast as Storm in the Black Panther sequel. I can't I can't tell you how many times I was on Facebook and Twitter and I saw the article and I was like, hmm, Beyonce and as Storm and Black Panther. I know I'm usually the guy that says, don't knock the casting until you see him in that role. I don't got a problem with Beyonce. Um, To be honest, I can't think of the last movie I watched where her in it. I'm trying to think at the top of my head. I can't. Austin Powers and Goldmember, that's probably the last time I saw her in a movie. And I didn't go see Lion King. Uh, To me, the Lion King movie just didn't. I know it had a Childish Gambino, but just didn't. I don't know. It just didn't interest me for some reason. That's like, you know, you know that saying like you don't want to mess up a good thing. Like the Lion King was a perfect movie, so why remake it? You know, and uh, nothing. Yeah, I said nothing against Beyonce being cast as uh, or in this case being cast as Storm. It's just I don't know. I, I hmm. I don't, I don't know what to say about this. I know I know that nothing against her, but it's just. You know Beyonce's fan base isn't the most loved, just to put it at that. But back back to what I was trying to say, yes, yeah, so over oh yeah, last week they were sharing articles about how Beyonce was cast as Storm in the new Black or in, the, in the sequel to the Black Panther movie. And you know, of course, the people are like, yeah, she's in it, cool. Other people are like, why she's in it, yada yada. Basically, it was it was getting a whole bunch of reactions, and I saw it a few times. Not as I misread it, just scroll down. Oh, and I saw it again, and I saw the link, it wasn't like a an official link, it was a YouTube video, and I was like, okay, um, it's a little weird, so I clicked on a YouTube video, and I watched probably about a minute or two of it, and it looked like a PowerPoint presentation, and I was like, I know this is fake, even the picture they had of Beyonce, you know, she was photoshopped to look like Storm, and I was like, come on, y'all, y'all please, like, please look like, just don't read the title, then share it and just react to it. Please just click the link, usually in the first paragraph or first few seconds of the video. It's going to, you know, confirm or deny this fact. And um, just to play devil's advocate, let's say Beyonce was cast as Storm in a new uh, Black Panther movie. You think like her camp would have put something out? I'm pretty sure like Marvel or Disney would have put put out a statement like, hey, you know, we're looking to the future of the Black Panther uh sequel and we cast Beyonce as our storm. We would have you know in an, an official statement, not just something on basically if this would have broken, like YouTube would have not been the source to break this news. YouTube isn't like a news based source. It's just you know videos and content creators and uh stuff like that. So please and all yeah also please, please check your sources. Please read from a reliable source before you think about sharing stuff. That's probably one of my biggest pet peeves about like social media you're just scrolling down and you see people sharing like oh my god this movie's about to come out and you can tell it looks fake <laughs> it look like it's just photoshopped but please yeah like i said please just check your sources before you share stuff on social media uh please but i got that little rant out the way um hope everybody's doing good i'm pretty i'm doing pretty good myself everybody's enjoying or well, hopefully everybody's having a good work week and all that good stuff getting ready for uh the weekend um me same old, same old, nothing much. Uh, I think last week I said I thought about getting a Nintendo Switch. Did not do that. I'm probably gonna wait for my birthday for my birthday in September uh, to do that. Um, I'm, you know, I got a few more. I got some some other things I wanted I to buy with my money at the moment. So basically, a Nintendo Switch is not the top priority on my list at the moment. Like I said, I'm probably wait till about September for my birthday to get the Nintendo Switch. But and also. I finished after about a month and a half. I finished both Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho. I, wa- I was watching both shows at the same time. You're like, man, that's a lot. But I was watching like, I'll say I watched ten or twelve j- episodes of Dragon Ball Z here, then ten or twelve episodes Yu Yu Hakusho. Just alternating whichever one, whichever one, uh, whichever story was better at the moment. I just shifted between that. Yeah, after a month and a half, I finished both episode or both series. It's about 250 episodes total that i watched of both shows in the past month and a half and, and i was like i'm just gonna go over both of them just real quick dragon ball super of course it was a sequel series two dragon ball dragon ball z probably one of the most beloved animes ever um then they had dragon ball gt after that which wasn't greatly received and now super retconned it basically they're saying hey dragon ball gt is not considered Dragon Ball Z or DBZ canon, so whatever happened. So we're jumping straight from Dragon Ball Z to Dragon Ball Super, and overall, overall, I liked it. Uh, I, to me, when it was good, it was good. When it was slow, it was slow. Um, part some of my favorite, some of my favorite uh, parts of the show was definitely the trunks, the future trunks arc. Of the series because uh, Feature Trunk is probably my second favorite character in Dragon Ball Z history. Besides, you know, behind Vegeta, of course, and Vegeta's performance in Dragon Ball Super was probably he, it was a standout performance. Like, you know, he he like, every time he was in a scene, he just commanded and stole the attention, which is a good thing. You know, everybody loves Vegeta. Vegeta is the best Dragon Ball Z character in history. I'm not going to argue with anybody, uh, but overall, I, I liked it. A few things I really didn't like, or a few minor critiques probably is one, probably the character of Ward Beers. I felt he was just there, just taking up space, and he was annoying at the same time. And also, I wish they would have shown or gave the, the spotlight to the future of the Sane Fighters. You know, mainly Trunks, or present-day Trunks and Goten. That I, I would like to see them a little bit more, because I did like those characters. And um, but some of the things I did... Oh, and also one more thing I didn't like. Some I know... Um, filler is, filler is described as stuff that wasn't in the manga that just put on TV to fill in some time for the manga to catch up to the show, but I just count filler as stuff that doesn't have to do with anything that doesn't put the, anything that doesn't push the plot forward, I count it as filler. Yes, there's good filler, but uh, Dragon Ball Super has some bad, in my opinion, some bad fillers, especially from the... Filling time from the Trunk Saga to the Tournament of Power Saga. There were just a few things I I was like, why are you doing this? Like they had a they had a baseball game. I was like, why are y'all playing baseball? And then it had like three episodes dedicated to the Great Sam. And I'm like, okay, I can see you just filling in time. But, but overall, I like the show. Like I said, feature Trunks are fantastic. Tournament of Power, really good for those 30-some-odd episodes, just on the edge of my seat the whole time. Real inv- I was really invested into it. Invested in that um, in that saga, and next, like I said, you Yu Hakusho. show. I finished that, or I finished rewatching that Yu, Yu Haka Shows Personally, my favorite anime of all time. I just bought a Yu Yu show shirt a week ago. It just came in the mail today. I'm excited to finally go back out whenever that may be <laughs> and wear it. Uh, it's a real nice color. It's like I said it on my Instagram story. It's like it's the it's, it's the main cast or the main team, and it's like a mint. Or tealish, I'm not tealish color looks pretty cool. I can't wait to wear it. But Yu Yu Hakusho, like I said, my favorite anime of all time. In my opinion, the GOAT anime, the greatest anime ever put on TV. Yes, I know Dragon Ball is even more popular anime, but to me, Yu Yu Hakusho is a more impactful anime because it only had four seasons, probably about a little over a hundred episodes, and there's no filler in between uh, every episode has something that pushed the plot forward and I just love you Show, because of the characters the music the story and the fight sequences and I think that anime team those four guys is probably the best team in anime history because there is no weak link amongst Yusuke, Kuwabara, Kurama, and Hiei because Yusuke like that team was always about that action. Yusuke and Kuwabara was always on site with it. Hiei probably had one of the best runs of the show in the tournament or in, in the dark tournament. Uh, his fights in that tournament was fantastic. He had the, he brought out the dragon of the dark of the darkness flame, then the fist of the darkness flame and the sword of the darkness flame. And probably one of the, and, and, he, and he is my favorite character. That's why I spoke so highly of him. And probably the, um, probably the heart of the group, in my opinion was Karama and nice one, just because he's nice and kind hearted don't take him for granted he done broke down some demons with that rose whip of his but i could talk about that show all day i may just re-watch a couple episodes here and there just the ones i really liked probably later on this year when there's nothing to do and um yeah that's probably it for me that's what i've been doing on my weekly update and i talked i rambled way too much in this intro segment so we're moving on and we're talking about the ps5 So The PS5 was revealed last week with a lot of new exclusives coming out to the system within the next couple years. A lot of good games coming out in which in the next segment I'll talk about games I'm personally looking forward to to be released on the PS5 but for now we're going to look at the system itself. The look and design of the PS5. I know last week I said I had to warm up to how uh, the PS5 looks. Judging from what I saw online after the revealing throughout the week, a lot of people like the new-looking design of the PS5. For me, it took a couple of days to warm up to the design. Uh, For me, it does look more futuristic and quote-unquote next-gen than the Xbox Series X, which is basically a giant Jenga piece to me. And me personally, I think the PS5 will look a lot better if it was jet black with blue outlines. Hopefully, they'll release a black version of the system at a later day in time because me personally, nothing against it being white. White just gets dirty easily, and that's with everything, especially, like, clothes. Like, if I wear a black shirt, I wouldn't be, you know, cautious, like, eating a 12-piece buffalo wings with blue cheese. Yes, I prefer my wings with blue cheese instead of ranch. Then, you know, if I was wearing a white shirt, eating a 12-piece buffalo wings, I'd be a little bit more cautious because I don't want spill nothing, to spill nothing on my shirt and ruin my white shirt. Because, you know, when you wear a white shirt, you get one little speck on it. It ruins your whole day. But uh, this is the first P. Oh, this is the first PlayStation system since the PlayStation One, not to be black, you know, because of course the PlayStation One was gray when it came out way back when in the mid nineties. But they may be, or they may release a gray version of the PS Five later on too, like they did with the PS Four. So, what made me warm up to the system last week? I thought the system only could have been played in a vertical position, because usually that's how it's displayed when it's being revealed. And with the system being more rounded than the systems in the past, I thought um, you couldn't lay it down horizontally and play it, but I did see a picture of the system being laid down flat to play because it looks like when you when you buy the system, it comes with a mount that what you play on it both vertically and horizontally, which is cool in my opinion. So, uh, so the PS5, Sony, You won me over with the design and some other features that that's that's coming with the system. To be honest, I'm not too real familiar with all this tech stuff, the CPU, RAM speed, and all that stuff. I'm not gonna give you those numbers because I don't even know what they mean. (laughs) So uh, other some other details about the PS5, it is gonna come. It is it does double as a 4K Blu-ray player, and it comes with 825 gigs of storage space, which is a lot, twice as much as the PS4. I want to say. The PS4 came with 400 uh, gigs of store, store space and also comes with a USB port. So more than likely, people are going to plug in their external hard drive for their save data. And I, I too, I got a personal uh, or I got an external hard drive. I bought a, a two terabyte external hard drive, which was a great investment. Um, for those of you who don't know, like one terabyte is a lot of space. So imagine two terabytes. And I, and I remember I, I got so much. basically i got a lot of data saved up and it hasn't even made a dent yet on that two terabyte external hard drive so i i I recommend if you play a lot of games invest in a external hard drive a one terabyte or two i think one terabyte is probably like 40 50 dollars on amazon like i said that's a great investment and um moving on they are releasing two versions of the ps5 uh the ps5 is going to be released in the traditional form i think i don't know if that's the exact name thing. I'm just calling it the, the the traditional form and the digital edition. Traditional form, you know, comes with a disc drive, and the digital edition comes without the disc drive. Let I me mean, get all your games, expansions, all the other stuff off the market, or buy the digital code when you buy the game. And with the digital code or the digital edition of the PS5 being released, uh, to me this will probably a look into the future. of how, how we gonna buy video games? Um, that we can only buy them digitally, maybe in a few years from now that topic has been that has been a that that has been a topic of discussion for the past couple of years i had a friend ask me on facebook he was like um what system uh, you're going to get and i was or which playstation 5 you're going to get And i was being honest like i was like these thing's going to be hard as hell to find so i'm going to buy whichever one i can find first the traditional one or the digital one whichever one i can get first I'm getting that one because they're going to be few and far. They're going to be it's going to be hard to get one once they come out if you didn't pre-order it. But if I had to pick personally, I'll go with the tra- traditional version because at 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 the end of the day, I'm an old soul at heart, and I like to have the physical copies of a game. You know, when people come over, they see your system and a stack of games. Up, you know, next to it I just like that visual right there. Like I said, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to certain stuff, but I don't mind morphing with the times when need be. So, what's the price of the PS4 or the PS5? I'm sorry, so far price has not been announced yet. I think last week or what? Yeah, last episode I estimated maybe $500. Uh, I, I think they're they're at a stalemate. Microsoft and Sony, I they're waiting for the other company to release the. The price of their system so they could probably undercut them and sell for a cheaper price but hopefully within the next couple weeks they'll announce a price and as you know once they announce the price i'll cover it on the podcast but i assume since they're releasing two versions the traditional and the digital edition i assume the digital edition the digital edition one will be cheaper than the traditional one because it's coming you know it's coming with one less feature the disc drive and just to wrap it Wrap it up at the end. I'm excited for the PS5 personally. Like I said, no release date yet. Probably holiday 2020, so about November. And I don't know if I'm going to get a drop day. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get it that, that, that day. I'm still thinking about it. Maybe, maybe not. I may wait until Black Friday or I may take a personal day off the day it comes out and try to go out to the store and buy one. Probably at Best Buy, Target, Walmart. Um, sam's problem whenever i could. i don't know yet but i have started my ps i i have started my ps five fun so we don't know just saving up money for that starting starting it probably what five months in advance but next we're gonna look into the ps5 games i am personally looking forward to So Sony revealed a lot of games coming out for the PlayStation 5 last week and these are some of the games I'm personally looking forward to. The first game, the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. This was the first game they revealed at the PS5 uh, event. I'm not counting GTA 5, the first actual PS5 game <laughs> they revealed. And this game uh, is a lot of this game a lot of people are excited about the most, myself included, because Spider-Man is a very popular character, the Miles Morales Spider-Man uh character uh His popularity has soared throughout the past few years, and I read an article a couple of days ago uh, titled "Why Miles Morales: Why Miles Morales' Success Is More Important Than Ever." Just went over the brief history of Miles Morales. Um, you know he was introduced in 2011 in the Ultimate Universe because in that universe, Peter Parker is killed, and Miles Morales takes the mantle of Spider-Man. And after the first. At first, the Miles Morales character drew criticism because people thought Marvel was just pandering because we had a black president in office at the time. And people were, and people were saying, you know, what's wrong with Peter Parker? Why we need a new Spider-Man? Basically, they're saying, why Why we got to have a black Spider-Man? And the creators, they actually were inspired by Obama, you know, being the first black president. And they were like, hey, you know, sometimes change is a good thing. And they decided to revamp the Spider-Man character with, you know, a uh Miles Morales, he's half black, half um, Latino. Think um, is Afro Latino, if I'm using the term correctly. And in the time we in the times we are now, people want diversity, and people you know in high positions, even superheroes, to look like them. And almost 10 years later, the Miles Morales character has grown so much, and that he is, in my opinion, on the same pedestal as the Peter Parker Spider Man. And when you talk about Spider Man now, you have to ask which one, Miles Morales. Or Peter Parker, and I'm glad that he's finally getting his shine, you know, by getting his own game. And from what we saw, the trailer looks great. And I didn't see a lot of people talking about uh, this part of the trailer when they highlighted some of Miles Morales' powers that makes him different from Peter Parker's Spider-Man, like his invisibility and his electric magnetic powers. And like I said, I am very excited to see him in his own game, which brought up a lot of confusion as well because people were confused. Or was this game a sequel or just dlc or an expansion from the first game and the developers cleared up the confusion by stating this is a standalone game and they are revealing more details at a later date and time you already know when they reveal these details i cover it on the podcast so i'm looking at this game as more of a spin-off game and um i was wondering what the events that take place in this game actually have effect in the actual sequel of the, of the Spider-Man game coming out next year. And according to the article I read that was covering the story, they compared this game similar to the Uncharted Lost Legacy game that came out in 2017. And that game was still a part of the Uncharted series and timeline, but not considered a main game. And I played the game, real good game. The game was shorter than, than the main series games, but uh, the reporter guessed that the Spider-Man Miles Morales game We'll take the same approach. The game will be shorter than the first game because they said the first Spider-Man game was about 40 hours of gameplay. So this game may be 20, 25 hours of gameplay, probably, which is still a good amount. 20 hours about the average length of a video game. But we will not find out. But we will not find out until the developers confirm all these details and this game is set to come out holiday 2020 and assuming it's going to be a once title for the ps5 the other game i'm or the next game i'm excited about is resident evil 8 this is the eighth installment of the popular um game series the first game or the seven the 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 seventh game or again tongue tied this is the first new game in the franchise since Resident Evil 7 in 2017. I'm not counting the remakes that they had the past couple years. I personally didn't play Resident Evil 7, but I did read that the same protagonist in, in that game will be the same one in this game, and they're keeping that same style they had in uh, the 7th game with it being first-person, and all we know is this game is set to come out 2021, and this is going to be available on both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X. And the next game I'm talking about, death loop. The more I look into this game, the more I am fascinated by it. Uh, last week I said it reminds me of a mixture between BioShock and Dishonored and it turns out the same people that made Dishonored, Bethesda, same people that made Fallout and Skyrim, they're uh behind this game. And the quick premise of this game was or is uh you play as one of two expert expert assassins stuck in a time loop. And your job is to eliminate eight targets before the other assassin eliminates you. And just by the title and premise alone, I assume, for example, let's say if you get the three targets, then the other assassin kills you. Then you have to start all the way over. I'm wondering, is that true or do you you just have to start over at a certain point in the game? You know, usually when you die, you go back to the last checkpoint or the last save point you was in. And they did announce that the game has a multiplayer option as well. Uh, just like the same, just like the main story, but online. So one player has to be the assassin who has to eliminate the eight targets, and the other player has to be the person to stop that assassin, which is very interesting. I think I just need to see a little more gameplay to have a better understanding of the plot and other aspects of the game. But just, but just with the bare minimum of the plot explained, uh, so far it already has me wanting to play it in this game. It's set to come out this year as well, assuming another launch title for the PS5. And the last game I'm excited about that they said that the PS5 reveal is a Horizon Forbidden West. This is a sequel to Horizon Zero Dawn. that came out in 2017. Not too much we know about the game so far. All we know is this game is going to take place in a post-apocalyptic San Francisco. No release date yet on this game, but assuming it will be out in 2021. And wouldn't it be shocked if this game is a launch title when the PS5 come out as well so hopefully hopefully it's a launch title but i think it's gonna gonna come out in 2021 but so far these are the games i'm looking forward to that's coming out on the ps5 a lot of great games coming out and that's going to be announced but like i said we gotta wait and see when all these games come out and you already know when these games get announced or more details about these games are announced i'm gonna cover it on the podcast Last week, I talked about how the NBA announced its return to play plan. They will resume play July 30th in Orlando and will run through mid-October. But over the weekend, there's been a group of players against going back and finishing the season for a couple of reasons. And Kyrie Irving has been the biggest name to speak on this. I know everyone at first, myself included, was like, oh, God, here go Kyrie talking crazy again. You know, just the guy that said the earth is flat. And, you know, we're like, Kyrie, why are you even talking? You're not even playing. This doesn't affect you whatsoever. But, you know, doing some research, uh, he is the vice president of the NBAPA, NBA Players Association. So he's speaking upon the players who have taken this position. Uh, His first reasoning is that a lot of players are not comfortable coming back, playing under the COVID-19 conditions, which is understandable. There's been no official, you know, the pandemic is is overstatement. Uh, places are just like, you know what, we've been closed long enough, let's just reopen. And in the NBA, you know, players are going to be sweaty and touching all over each other and being in close quarters throughout the game. So, that yeah, that's that's a risk in that. And I believe, but I believe everything is going to open back up eventually, some places sooner than others. Uh, But I assume the NBA is trying to recoup some of the earnings they lost during this pandemic because at the end of the day, the NBA is a business, and the business needs to make money to stay afloat. We're well, not the NBA's case, but just, uh, you know, logically. Um, and I want to say that the NBA said that if a player is not comfortable playing, they don't have to come. And the NBA has expanded rosters for this situation, so teams, uh, so teams are basically going to be in a bubble once they get to Orlando. They'll be in a hotel. Each team, I think. Each team will be in their own hotels. Uh, they said they're gonna have movies, games, barbers, golf courses, chefs, etc. When I heard all that, I was like, man, I, I might pack up my bags, go go to Orlando for a few days, and stay in that quote-unquote bubble. But the players do have until June four, not June four, June twenty-fourth, next Thursday, to decide whether they're gonna stay at home or go to Orlando and finish the season. Uh, but the other issue, uh, that Kyrie brought up was that he believes if the NBA comes back it will in play it will overshadow the protests and the fight for equality we've seen over the past few weeks. I fully support the protests and I believe that you know you can do I believe you can do you can have both. You can see the return of the NBA um in July also with also the protests that happened on as well that's been continuing to grow as the weeks go on. And people also think that Kyrie is not is not playing or people think that Kyrie not playing is why he's taking this position so what if Kyrie hypothetically speaking what if Kyrie was healthy the Nets are the two seed he may have not said this he may wanted to finish the season I was like hey we're the two seed we got a chance to win the title let's finish this out but today's NBA We have players like LeBron James, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook who are not afraid to take a stand and speak up about social injustice no matter whether that's on the court or off the court. And with the NBA being one of the most progressive leagues in the U.S., well, NASCAR is moving up that too with the recent changes they made over the past couple weeks. Adam Silver is all about letting the players voice their opinions and show support for causes. I think when the NBA resumes, they will show support. Uh, for, the, for the movement. Maybe have Black Lives Matter patches, warm-up suits before games as they Black Lives Matter like we've seen in the soccer clubs overseas show support for Black Lives Matter. And I'm not trying to vilify Kyrie for taking this stance. I just think the protests and the fight for equality is still going on. Well, if it's still going on by the time the NBA comes back, I believe players will show support as well because uh, I read one of the players um said in the interview that had, or they or the players can say in the interview like hey um, uh, y'all thought when the season were gonna start back up we we're gonna stop talking about it nope we're still here fighting justice and inequality and make you know the people that are like finally sports it back they can stop talking about these protests you know make them the where they can't escape these protests and the fight for equality and i'm not picking a side i'm just saying you can have both and be effective in both of them and one of the players uh, Had a quote, can't remember who said it, but I'm just paraphrasing this. Uh, they're not trying to sit out the NBA to stop racism. They're trying to make a point that, hey, without black athletes, the NBA would not be where it's at today, which is true. You know, the NBA is 80, 80 85% black, and usually the best player on the team is black. I want to say, just off the top of my head, only I say the best players or the only teams that the best player is not black, I'd probably say the Mavericks with Luka and the Nuggets with uh Jokic. And the same thing is can be said about the NFL, college football, and college basketball. And I really think change is going to happen, but it's not going to be quick, fast, in a hurry. Like how we like to see it, you know, we can't erase 400 years of history in a couple months. And uh it's going to be a slow process probably, but any progress is good progress in, in my book. And I just feel like, This time, this time it just feels different because other people outside the black community are standing up and uh, fighting for, you know, justice and equality. And then a Ben Franklin quote, you know, justice will not be served until those who are unaffected are outraged as those who are. And we're seeing that now. And if you uh, if you want change to happen, one of the first places we got to go to is the voting polls, you know, vote for people. In your local and state offices, who you want to see make change, and also take it, you know, take that same energy to the polls in November as well. But I think unless the NBA big stars, like I said, Giannis, LeBron, Kawhi, etc., say, hey, we shouldn't come back, then the NBA may consider it. But like I said, the NBA is a business at the end of the day, and they're trying to make money. And then, and that, and I, I assume they're not. They're not going to go through all this time trying to resume a season just to back out because a few players don't want to play because of, you know, some of these stances. Like I said, two things can't be true. I still believe you can fight for uh, equality and justice and change. Yeah, you, you still fight for equality and change while seeing the return of the NBA and have an organization like the NBA backing your cause. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time on your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Please like, subscribe, share the podcast. Tell your family, tell your friends about the podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter at High Infinity Pod. And follow me, the host, Jacob Knight, on Twitter and Instagram at SoYamAsian. I will see y'all next week and y'all be safe out there.